0: Then I got myself a little Sputnik washing machine, you know, those uh, those old washing machines, you know, and I put all the ingredients in there, mix (laughs) it up and put it in a bigger (laughs) container and sell it to friends. And obviously, I made it more potent than what else was available in the market. I think a lot of people think they work harder than what they really do, and the hardest working people probably think there's always more to do.
1: Thanks for clicking play on the number one podcast show for business owners in South Africa. My name is Manus Pruderek and this is season number three of Making SMEs Matter. This season we'll be chatting to some of South Africa's top entrepreneurs, guys and girls who have built some of South Africa's biggest brands and companies. And if you're building a company of your own or you have dreams of becoming a successful entrepreneur one day, then this podcast show is going to inspire you and bring you valuable lessons that you can use in your own business. I want to give a special thank you to Investec Business Cash Solutions, the team that has helped us bring you this podcast. Make sure you join our mailing list at SME.africa forward slash podcast. Hey, welcome back. Uh, It's 2020. I really hope that it's going to be an incredible year for you and for your business. So in this episode, I had a chat to Albi Geldenes, the CEO and founder of USN. How he took it from a startup in his apartment in Pretoria and built it into a global brand. Um, He shares so many insights into building this business Um, and the one thing that I took from it personally is I was actually just amazed to hear how hands-on he is in the business um, answering customer queries and when I asked him about it he said that that's how you actually understand customers and how you can build better products. That and so much more coming up in this episode.
0: Hi, it's Sean Jackson from Investec Business Cash Solutions, proud sponsor of Making SMEs Matter. Our aim is to partner with you in order to understand your business's unique cash flows to grow and maximize the return on your cash. I hope you enjoy this episode filled with valuable insights from our featured entrepreneur.
1: I'm sitting with an incredible entrepreneur, uh, an entrepreneur I probably rate as the most underrated South African entrepreneur because, not because he's, he didn't create something amazing, but because he's just not in the media as much as others. How do I feel today? Uh, I want you to think about if, you, if you've always wanted to go on a date with someone, and you know this person for like two, three years, and you've got mutual friends who wanted to introduce you, uh, but there's always something happening, always just plain outright batting you for, for a date, and then one day you get an opportunity to sit down. That's how I feel today. Not because of a romantic date, but I've always wanted to chat to Albi Geldanez, the founder of USN. Albi, why are you so difficult to get hold of?
0: Well, I'm very honored to hear that you wanted to uh, <laughs> have, have, have this um, date a while ago already. Um, oh, I have obviously been traveling quite a lot. And, um, but you don't do a lot of media. I don't do a lot of media. Sort of, uh, I want the brand to do the talking. You know, so uh, I don't want to be ahead of, of my game and ahead of the brand, you know, so I'd rather play the support role like everyone else does, make my contribution to building the brand instead of uh, making it seem like uh, I'm taking all the credit for it. Yeah. You know, because ultimately it's always been team effort and um, and that's the way I'd want to keep on seeing
1: it, you sure. know. Um, but that's not what we tell our kids nowadays we say if you want to build a business put your name out on social media get a a million followers and success will just follow but my own experience is different the the great entrepreneurs out there they're not on social media they're not posting all the time they don't care about online following they're just building
0: a great business yeah you know it's uh, it's it's like one of those things uh, the best boxers won't tell you how well they box Mm -hmm. you know they just do it yes you know, they don't need to tell you. It's uh, the type of guy that really has the money doesn't tell you about his money. Yes. You know, it's just those simple things. Yes. So, so um, I'm not. I'm not suggesting I'm any one of those. But um, you know, but uh, I've I've always just lived. You know, the principle of making the business do the talking. Yes. You know, and um, ultimately, you really just do busy building a business yeah. uh, instead of building your your own ego. You know. Um, you don't really have to talk too much if the business is doing the talking. For sure. Yeah, for sure. So, I'll be, I've got a lot of respect for you. USN and
1: global brand, uh, but in South Africa, super big. Um, and it, it wasn't an uh, easy journey, and it started many years ago. Yeah. So, our listeners are all small business owners, entrepreneurs out there. And for the next 30, 40 minutes, if it's okay with you, I want to explore that journey. Absolutely. Just get into your mind a little bit and to share value to these guys. Yeah, for sure, always excited to share my journey. Awesome. So it started, um, I, I read today, it started 99, so it's 20 years old this year.
0: That's right, yeah. Yeah, I was, uh, I was in the police force for six years. Uh, I was a forensic artist for most of that time. What does that mean? A forensic artist is a police artist, uh, drawing criminals' faces, you know. So, no ways. Yeah, so uh, I've got that, I think that, that artistic background helped me quite a lot in developing the brand. I like creativity a lot. I like okay. creating things, you know, and doing something new. And okay, uh, wait, wait, okay. stop <laughs> the USN
1: thing Yeah. So how does it work? Someone comes to you and say, I've been um, robbed and yeah. this is what the guy looks like, yeah, and you so would sit and sketch it out.
0: So generally what'll happen, uh, the detective has the case detective will call the forensic artist up um, and say listen i want you to uh to do a, a b- identify on uh in a, in a certain case whether it's maybe uh, a rape case or armed robbery or whatever the case may be now generally the uh, the victim does not know how much they really remember until you start getting that information from them you start with the basic but also remember that it's not to try and draw a sketch of the exact, uh, exactly how that person looked sure. or the criminal looked. It's 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 to narrow down the possibilities, okay. so that when the detective has the file, looking uh, for potential suspects, he's gonna say, does uh, does that guy fall within this? Okay. Yeah. Um, did you grow up in Pretoria? I grew up. Well, my my father father was in the police force as well. Okay. Uh, the reason why I ended up there. Um, so he moved around, as he, as he got promoted, he moved around quite a lot. Uh, we started off in Natal and junior school, and then I went, we, we moved to Kimberley. Um, uh, so I started Standard 1 in, Ki- in Kimberley and finished school in Kimberley. And then uh, that's where I went to the police as well for the first year. Okay. Um, and then uh, after the first year, I moved to Natal, which was a big culture shock for me, being this very conservative Kimberley boy. Um, and then uh, I was there for a couple of months, and then I got the opportunity in the forensic department in Marisburg okay so um, so yeah, considering all the violent crimes and stuff, you know it was a little, I was thrown into the deep end as a, as a twenty year old you know being exposed to all this violence That's and right. stuff like that but it, I, I learned a lot and then where did you n happen so um, after about six years, I realized okay, things have changed a lot my my goal in life of becoming a general one day is highly unlikely to happen. And, um, and you know, your perspectives of, of life change, you mature. So I just thought, you know, let me go and travel overseas a little bit. I got exposed to sports supplements, you know. Um, I was actually in countries like Singapore and those countries, you know, what, which is actually so developed already with supplement stores, and uh, you know. I used to spend a lot of time asking questions, having to look at different products and so on.
1: Have you always been fitness obsessed?
0: I have, yeah. yeah. I want. I, I. I wonder whether it's fitness obsessed or maybe, maybe just egoistic at that stage. You know, okay. you want to look as good as possible yeah. at that young age, and and you know, images, all that matters. Yeah. So um, that comes with the benefit of living a healthy life, I guess. Sure.
1: So if Albi grew up in 2019, he might have become a massive Instagram fitness model and not a giant entrepreneur. Well,
0: yeah i mean that's a that's a possibility <laughs> but i probably would have made much bigger mistakes because i know news a little about life then uh, yeah you know sure. so i don't know how long my image would have lasted on uh, instagram at that point
1: sure okay so then you started using i had a story about uh out of your flat um, yeah so then, bulk yeah I, tell I, us that story
0: yeah so then i started working as a, a supplement i mean uh, not a supplement uh membership consultant at the elephant racket club so that was in uh, early 98 okay um, and they taught me about sales, and, and now you coming from the police, where my last salary was after six years was a was thousand eight hundred rand for the month, and um, going into sales at the Alton Racket Club, and you know they teach you exactly how to do it, you know, and um, I just and and they give you these goals, and so suddenly you've got goals to walk to work towards, and uh, it was just so exciting to have these measurable parameters, uh, you know, so. And I still remember after my third full month, we were eight sales consultants and I did more sales than the other seven together. Oh, wow. It's just because I just loved what I was doing so yeah, much. And yeah. it wasn't even about earning the money because now suddenly I'm earning more money than what I earned an entire year in the police. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't even worry about that. It's just I was achieving these goals and I was I was taught how to do it. Yeah. Um, so after about, uh, it must have been about, 10 months to a year of that, uh, the sales manager said, listen, you're going to have working seven days a week, you're going to have to take a break. And I said, but I don't want to. <laughs> and uh, she said, no, but you, you're actually going to burn out. We, we, you know, we need you to you know, do optimal sales in the club, so you need to t- at least take a two-week holiday. So I uh, said, well, if I'm forced to do it, then I will, you know. And uh, so I went in a two-week holiday, and uh, I just came back and I lost all interest. I just thought, Where I? I can't just start from the very beginning again. And um, I, I, I worked for another three months. I had three good months, but I just suddenly, I, because of that disconnect at that stage, I I just lost interest, which was also a big learning curve for me, because it just shows you, uh, you know, how easily you could give up doing something very well. Sure. So that was sure. probably an example of me learning what the implications are of giving up, yeah. if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So. But anyway, uh, it was. Uh, so, if, if you're listening to this, uh,
1: what, what's the moral of the story? Don't take leave ever. Don't, don't ever take leave. Don't, not don't, if you're an entrepreneur. No, don't give if you your want to build a big business yeah. uh, ever.
0: <laughs> so that's that's when that's then what I applied when I started the business. I did not take leave. In fact, when I got married in middle 2000, I didn't even want to go on honeymoon. I was actually forced by my mother-in-law at the time to uh, <laughs> go on honeymoon. Come. So I said, okay, I, but I've got a week. I've only got a week so uh, yeah don't take leave if you build a business yeah Yeah. and from there so at the end of 99 I can I ask you something
1: was that the first time at at health and racket that you realized that I've got something in me where I want to be a sales guy or entrepreneur because previously you wanted to
0: be a policeman yeah I thought I was gonna become a general was that a switch I don't know whether it was a conscious switch, but suddenly I realised that um, I'm not as lazy as my dad used to tell me, because <laughs> I'm achieving all these things, yeah. and uh, and I'm and I'm loving it. It's it's not work for me, you know. The fact that I'm working seven days a week is uh, you know it's, it's it's so exciting that it doesn't feel like work, and you're earning money as well, mm. you know. Um, so that's when I actually realised that. I've actually got abilities that I didn't, didn't think I had. So in the end of, uh, so, so during 99, I then, um, knowing quite a lot about supplements and seeing all these supplement shops pop up everywhere and different brands coming into the country, I thought, well, I know, I know enough about supplements. I'm going to try and find a supplier of creatine in bulk. So I found a company, Crest uh, Chemicals. They imported creatine from Germany in barrels. Um, I got a, Uh, supplier that supplied me with little containers Um, and uh, I and and I just put it in containers without labels and sold it to friends so but I didn't just sell it, I told them exactly how to use it, what results to expect, and um, and they would continuously phone me and, you know, just for guidance and, sure. and information and so on. And I loved the results they got from it, and doing it the right way. And at the time,
1: you, this young kid with a perfect six pack, <laughs> and that's what everyone wanted, yeah, so they I believed it, you. Yeah, I
0: guess it helped. We're gonna chat about that okay. a little bit later. <laughs> yeah, so so then, um, you know, I, I thought to myself, well, you know what, I'm. I've got the single ingredient creatine. Um, I see there's, you know, there's a lot of research on a mix of creatine and glucose and certain amino acids. If you use that together, the uptake is a lot better. Uh, You've got glycogen replenishment and you've actually got a more effective product. Uh, Then I got myself a little Sputnik washing machine. You know, those those old washing machines. You know, and I put all the ingredients in there, mix it up and put it in a bigger <laughs> container and sell it to friends. And obviously I made it more potent than what else was available in the market because I got the research. Yes. It's actually published. So I made my own little mixes there that was really, really potent. So, and I thought, now that I've got a product, I might as well come up with a, with a name for the company. So um, I thought, okay, so what's it gonna be? The perception is American products are the best. Uh, the local products that was available were cheap and, and not great. Mm. So I thought, well, I'm gonna to have to create the perception that it's American. And um, and what stands for you for, for the U.S. something? I thought, Ultimate Ultima Sports Nutrition. You know, uh, USN sounds more American than what Twin Lab, Champion Nutrition, and any of those brands uh, sound like. So that's what it's gonna be. What's the color of my brand gonna be? The color of the brand's gonna be blue, because to me, blue is trust. Okay. And, um, and, because I got the, great, the results back, uh, you know, some of the little shops said, you know what, we'll take your product. And I'm thinking, oh gee, I'm mixing the stuff at home. Yeah. You know, I'm, it, it's okay selling it to friends, uh, you know, but I can't mix it at home and selling it to, uh, sell it to a shop. So I got to a pharmaceutical company, Columbia Pharmaceuticals. They uh, produce a whole lot of medicine at a GMP facility. And I gave them my formulation, they gave me a quote, and I got them to start producing. And I got came up with the next formulation and the next formulation, and those I started selling to little shops. So I'm writing out the invoices, I'm delivering myself, and I'm you know collecting the money, and I'm phoning them all uh, all day long as well. Um, This was 99. That was all in 99 in a relatively short period of time. In 99, I was 27. Yeah, 26. Well, yeah, 27, 26. Yeah. So. I I then thought okay I'm gonna have to get offices so what is a good address I've got to find out whether there's a possibility of renting offices at the CSR so the CSR has got to look good on your label yeah yeah. which which it did and I got offices there only two three offices that I could afford I got a PA um, that did basically everything she did all the admin and was that your first hire yeah that was my first hire. Yeah. yeah
1: I, i've seen a couple of times you share the initial uh usn logo yeah
0: um,
1: and it's quite cool to see how it the, has the developed yeah yeah
0: so uh, yeah that was me basically just going to the printing company i want business cards and that's what the, we want i want the logo to look like so um that was uh 99 i mean in 2000 i got the offices in uh, early 2000 and that's basically when the business started so now Remember, January 2000, I was the turnover of the company was 20,000. Then I thought, "Jeez, I've actually got a business going here. Mm. you know. And in, in April of 2000, the turnover was 160, so it almost doubled from month oh, to wow. month. Okay. And 160,000, considering just a couple of years before that, I was in the police earning yeah, 1,800. Yeah, yeah, now wow. I've got to work with 160,000, you know. But all I knew that it's important is I've got no money. I've, I, I've got a, a relatively small overdraft account. Uh, which my dad signed surety on and um, and I've got I had 30,000 to work with which is a pickup truck that I sold and I took that 30,000 I said, this is all I've got to really work with
1: so you sold the truck to find your business now. yeah cool
0: um, and then I had uh, so, so I needed to make sure that I've got enough margin to finance my growth to be able to buy more raw materials and mm. packaging mm. and mm. so on mm so every single label that i bought and every container and every gram of creatine turned into double the amount mm-hmm. of, you know so so i funded the growth uh, that way but also because i positioned what, what helped me quite a lot was i competed against the american brands which were all imported and expensive sure. the local brands were a lot cheaper so all I really f- uh, needed to do is position myself like 10, 20% below the imported brands. Mm. That, gi- that gives me a lot of margin to buy more stock. Sure, sure, sure. And, uh, and not to be perceived as a local brand. Yeah. Uh, so you just jumped into this and figured it out as you went along. I needed to just figure it out because I had nothing to, back, uh, to fall back sure. on. And it was extremely stressful, not mm. knowing anything about business. Yeah, yeah. Only business background I have, was uh was the sales uh in, in health racket club yeah. and i still remember someone arranged a, a meeting for me uh with U, with upd um i didn't even know who upd were they were distributor of uh, medicines and, and and all sorts of pharmaceutical products and the guy uh, the buyer asked me so so okay i see your products i see the price but what terms will you give me and i said I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> but don't you get... And so the lady that was there, she sort of, she just, <laughs> could see, I could see that she could, she sort of calmed the embarrassment a bit. So <laughs> saved me from the embarrassment and just talked it away. And yeah. afterwards I realized, oh geez, maybe the meeting didn't go that well. Uh, uh. You know, so, um, but then I got my brother uh, involved just to start doing a bit of delivery for me as well. Uh, I got a, a, a UNO, it was a Uno uh, that only had a first gear and a fourth gear. That was our <laughs> delivery truck, and, uh, and he just went around. I just kept, kept on phoning and visiting shops all the time. Mm. Um,
1: I find it so fascinating because when I speak to young entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs, they all think it's like this perfect little story yeah. of you start and you raise millions and yeah. everything's just
0: going so well from day one, yeah. but reality is never like that. You know, you know, no, not at all, but I think coming from a base where um, everything that you achieve is much more than what you ever had mm. it always feels like you're doing well so when I did 160 is that thousand, how you feel that's what I, I, I that's what the way I feel like mm. now and that's how uh, the way I felt then well wow. it was always exciting there's mm. always new things happening mm. the, the business is always growing mm. um, even though you, I, I don't really know whether what I'm doing is right you know it, it was so much more important for me to, to really figure things out from a day-to-day basis mm. Mm. Um, I want to ask you, looking back 20 years, what are the two
1: things that you did back then which resulted in the USN that we know today? But I want to tell you something, that when I grew up in Harry Smith, little plasdorpi in the phrase start, um, I got to know USN through Jakub van and, right. and um, that transformation yeah. that you guys did. And yeah. you, you started using influencers 20 years ago. That's no right. one was using influencers yeah. the way it was now, yeah. but I remember buying a starter pack and I was committed, I'm going to look like Jakob van yeah. <laughs> And you probably then did. Of course look at I you did. And <laughs> yeah, you still do. <laughs> Thanks, Albie. Um, was that one of the biggest uh, tricks in the initial
0: stage? Yes, and uh, that was also a result of adversity at the point. Um, we, it I, was Jakub uh, van I, Yes, it was Jakub yeah. van der And that was in 2000 and middle 2002. Okay. Um, so what happened was I didn't do any marketing before then. Because, um, I, you know, I, 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 for me, marketing was product available on the shelf, and really building the business through through relationships. Um, then we launched uh, into deskim, and we started gaining momentum. But we still haven't done any marketing. It was still the product on the shelf, and the, and, and the growth of the supplement industry um, that that really contributed to to the growth of the business. At that point, Discam bought 50% into Evox. And then I really realized, okay, our biggest retailer, the fastest growing retailer, just bought a stake into our biggest competitor. I mean, that's seriously stressful. I'm going to have to... The only way I can make sure that we maintain our growth and excel is by creating demand on consumer level. Because the fact that Diskem, even if Diskem owned 100% of... uh, of USN, someone's gonna to have to drive that business. Sure. You can't rely on them sure. because they're a shareholder now to, uh, to do the business. So I knew there's a big possibility of Evox now relaxing because they feel Dischem is a shareholder and they're gonna be doing the work for them. Okay. Meantime, Dischem feels, okay, well, we've got an invested interest in Evox, we're supporting them, they're gonna work even harder sure. to use the, uh, make use of the opportunity and to optimize the opportunity. And exactly what I thought dissipated would happen, happened. I, I went to Yaku in the best and he was injured at the time. And I said to him, you've never played, yeah, ha- and he hasn't played for the Springboks at, at that point. Uh, and I said, Yaku, um, let's get you in the best shape of your life. I'll put you in all the advertising, I'll put you on the Lampol ads, everything. So people notice you. Mm-hmm. So the next time you go and play, uh, you know, to, uh, you'll be noticed, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, uh, and, and, you know, everyone, Jakuf van the was on everyone's lips before he even, was even in the Springbok team mm, mm. and uh, selec- the selectors uh, noticed him as well. Obviously he played a, a great game, sure. but he was this incredible athlete that just made so much sense to be in there and mm. he played a good game as well. Mm. So if there was a choice between five guys in his position, you know, and he's the guy everyone talks about, he's going to be an easier choice sure. to the selectors. Um, so that was a that was a big, you know, and the the thing is we he got in that shape in six weeks, we had to say ten because six weeks was just it Impossible, wasn't believable. Really, wow! But he was just so committed, mm. and um, and he followed that advice to the T, because what he what 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 he most desperately always wanted to achieve in his life is being in the Springbok team. So. So the so so our both both of our enthusiasm and uh, and commitment uh, at the time paid off for both of us. Nice, and yeah. that put USN on the national map. Yeah, I would say that that, that yes. Is know. there anything else? That, and there was actually yeah. a couple other things. Yeah, you know, a, a, a lot of investors came in with different brands at the time because they they saw the potential of growth in the sports supplement industry. Um, there was a brand called uh, DNA. And they had this huge, this, this big program on Carte Blanche at the time of how people can actually transform within 12 weeks. Okay. The only difference is we were already available, they weren't. They spent all this money with all these campaigns and TV advertising sure. and so, so on. So that helped and you even more. Yeah, right? so people uh, w- that walked into the pharmacies wanted the products that you can change. Okay. And I launched the 12 week campaign as well. So we got the value of that as well. That's you amazing. know. So it's just being there and having your product available was more important than creating demand and not basically what I called it was the the boy crying wolf. You know, you don't want to be that brand. Mm. I'm sure we can go through every year and analyze
1: it and there's a million stories, but fast forward 20 years to 2019, how does it feel being Alvi, being uh, the brand that it is in South Africa, being a global brand and we can chat a little bit about that how does it feel how does it feel walking into shops and you're on every shelf um i think fortunately you grow don't give me this humble answer now i want to know what's (laughs) going on in your mind
0: i mean it feels great (laughs) it always felt great you know um uh, people always say, how are you doing? No, I'm, I'm doing very well. I mean, there's always going to be ups and downs in your life, in mm. anything. Mm. Business is sometimes going to be extremely tough mm. and extremely stressful, but you always, I always have more than what I ever expected to have. Sure. Um, you know, so um, it's, it's it's a great situation to be in, but you always got to also run your business and live your life as if tomorrow you can have nothing and mm. still be the same guy. Mm-hmm. So, so life's exciting uh, you know there's a, there's a lot of reasons why I never sold a business even though I had a lot of, a lot of opportunities as I well Is now. what will I do with the money I'm going to wake up a couple of days with too much money in my bank account and nothing to, that really wakes me up anymore sure. nothing that drives me and excites me you know nothing where I can use my creativity and develop things and mm. see it on the shelf mm. yeah so those things I like you mm. know it's, uh, it's building a really good team over a long period of time and um you know, and there were a lot of staff casualties. You know, it's uh, if, if, uh, if someone doesn't, cannot keep up with the pace of the business, then unfortunately, you know, they need to find themselves something else to do. So it's really just keep on building your team. If you're not the best player for the team, unfortunately, you know, uh, you, you, you may not even be on the bench. Sure. So it's, it's really just building the team and, um, and spending the time and being involved in the business, understanding the detail uh, of your business. How do you manage it today? So um so these days I've got the nice job. What I always wanted to do and what I always enjoyed most. That's product development, branding, And strategy. spending money. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and invest the money back into the business <laughs> to grow it even more. That's uh, the right answer. <laughs> so so um but Really, you know, the, the business has go, gone through these phases where initially it was friends and family that I employed. You know, some of them kept up with the pace, and then, you know, people with experience uh, in retail, business experience. Some of them worked, some of them didn't. Um, in 2010, one of those uh, one of the uh, private equity companies, uh, PSG, approached us and they wanted to buy shares in the business, and I said, oh, well. You know what I could do with corporate governance in the business, I could do with structure, I could do with better administration in the business, but there 's not much i can I can do with your money mm. so i don 't want to buy myself a partner and buy myself a boss because i 've got freedom to do anything I want to do with the business mm. right now mm. and I, and, and, I, and we work at a at a very fast pace and this industry is very different to other industries sure. you 've got to really follow trends mm. and you 've got to be very responsive mm. so they said to me, um, uh, the MD said to me, let me just come send your team, do due diligence, we'll make you an offer for 20% of the business. And um, if you don't want to sell, then at least we've given you a, a good understanding of what's happening in your business, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so uh, Yuri, the uh, note was heading up the due diligence team. He was the financial director of the uh, private equity Um, um, really okay and um, they came and did the due diligence and said to me because I'd spent a lot of time in the UK at that point uh, and I'd appointed uh, a managing director that was previously at uh, a soft drink company big largest soft drink company and I'd come back and they said listen yeah how much money did you think think you're gonna make this year I said well that's what was forecasted and he said, well, it's actually going to make a 28 million rand loss this year. <laughs> so that, okay, the problem is a lot bigger than what I thought. Mm, I'd mm. spent too much time in the UK getting that business up and going that I'd neglected. And and I put the wrong people in the, um, in the driving seats mm. in South Africa. So um, they made me an offer anyway for 20% of the business. And I thought, well, if they really were prepared to stick their necks out, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell them I want 30% more than what they offer. Okay, And um, Yuri then said to Yanni Maton, listen here, do it. Do that deal. The money is there. We've got a bit of cleaning up to do. But uh," so Yanni Maton said, no, he's not going to take that chance. So Yuri then said to me, listen here, um, can I join your business? I think we can create some magic here. So I said, oh, great. So he moved up from Stellenbosch, which showed a lot of commitment. He moved from a very secure company as a chartered accountant Mm. to join a business that showing that type of loss yes. so uh, and and brought efficiencies uh, into the business and we just grew to the next level again you know so it's just those are the phases the partner I'm at the time. yeah so okay. he's uh, he's a 10% shareholder of the business okay. uh, now so and I know Yuri from USA and from your uh,
1: from you and I didn't realize that that's that's how he, story, yeah uh, that's how he joined the business yeah,
0: okay. yeah. so so um, Which, which, and and, and then you got a lot, got uh, involved a lot more in running the business into the operations and the sales and the entire business. Um, Because now we could fund more, uh, you fund our growth more in the UK. Um, And that business started gaining a lot of momentum. Also, after about a 10 million, 12 million rand loss the first year. But I was just so ignorant, you know, It's, it's just like, I wasn't, because I wasn't aware of the losses we make, I worked through it without even knowing before, you know, because we were profitable sometimes. But now suddenly I've got clarity of exactly our financial situation Mm. Mm. from day to day Mm. and month to month. And that's what Yuri brought to the table. And um, which gave me a lot more to work with, uh, obviously. So, the UK business gained a lot of momentum, and right now the UK business is a, lot, is a bigger portion of the, of the global company than what South Africa is, although we're drawing blood out of, out of Estonia. Sure, sure. The way we grow yeah, we're growing USN, yeah. but we're also purchasing other brands to grow the entire business. So I made notes as we were
1: talking, and I just want to hit you with these things and You're get like a couple of answers. So number one is competition, a ton of competition coming into your market. Yeah. Um, how, do you,
0: how do you think about competition? So, um, and that's always been the case. There's always been competition. I I used to be the competition for the bigger guys. Um, I didn't even even realize that USN's the market leader when um, this came said to me, do you realize that you're doing more than 50% of the sales of the supplement category are compared to everyone else there? Nice. Yeah, so um, how do we deal with competition? You use use that momentum to your advantage. if they're doing something well, learn from it. Mm. Uh, if that you're not doing yet, mm. so um, competition is something that I mean that, that that's 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 part of why we innovate. Sure. Does
1: it irritate you if someone sends you an email today and say, "Hey, LB, I, I want to start my own supplement company. Can we have coffee so I can tap your mind?" What's going through your mind? Well,
0: if if that guy sends me that email, his supplement company is not going to work to start off with because why would I want to tell him how to build competition? Mm. You know, so the the basic principles of business, he doesn't understand already. (laughs) You know, so he's not going to be a threat to me to start off with. Um, But there may be, ah, then it happens all the time where, uh, you know, because what we've already done and there's already a market for it, because it's relatively easy to copy because the manufacturers are already there, um, the and the barrier of entry is relatively low you know there's always going to be that competition Mm -hmm. but um but that's why you know consistency and innovation is just so much more important Mm. you know yes it irritates the crap out of you because we're being copied all the time but rather be the guy that's being copied than you being the copycat you know so just keep on being innovative that what i always say to the guys just remember we're the innovators. We're creating all these products. They can only do what we've already done. Sure. When times are tough, you know, they need to wait to see what we're doing before they can react to it. Sure. So that's what makes us good. That's yeah. why we survive through the tough times, yeah. and there's so many casualties and deaths of yeah. brands during tough yes. times. I'm sure everyone loves you. <laughs>
1: No, I know uh, Except for my competition, <laughs> <laughs> I know I know people hate you, right? People who used to work here. If you say I'll be to them today, they'll say it's a, uh, is or whatever. Mm. That's just the journey, right? In building this, you can't make everyone happy. Unfortunately, how do you think about that?
0: Well, about? Um, I've learned to be, be very thick-skinned. Obviously, um, over time, you there's a lot of pounding, but it's it's justified. There's a, probably a good reason for the guy not to like me, mm. you know. Um, if the business, if the expectations in the business are much more demanding than what he can deliver, um, you know, unfortunately, you're going to get the guys who feels he's been, what is the know? Hey? Done in. Done in, yeah. Yeah, a lot of guys, are, mm. they'll, they'll, you know, they feel they're done in uh, and, and, um, uh, but it's, and for so many different reasons. Mm. I, I don't know. I just, I, I've I've, I've learned to deal with criticism. I've built the business based on criticism, not on people telling me how great we are. Mm. I listen to where we make mistakes. What is it that people don't like about USN? And that's what we fix, and that makes us stronger. But keep on listening just to what makes you good. Last. That's, not yeah. gonna, that's not gonna grow your business. Uh, whenever do,
1: we do these podcast interviews, um, I get the opportunity to, to speak to friends like yourself and, and really great entrepreneurs. And one thing that I always say to my team is that they're so hands on with product like you you think great entrepreneurs they you think they sit somewhere in a in a corporate building and they don't touch anything but when you talk to the life of brian altridge is in the kitchen busy developing new Mamas burgers yeah. talk to pepe Maré, is in product yeah. talk to albi helden is just watching you um i saw one thing you're responding to customers you you're very involved in the product yeah. thoughts on that
0: yeah um you know, it's uh, it's it's one of those things where consumer feedback is extremely important and applying consumer f- feedback to your product is extremely important obviously for the success of the product. Um, understanding what your competition is doing, what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong. You can learn from both. Mistakes you don't want to make and uh, things that you want to apply in your business. So. Um, understanding your products very very well helps you with obviously your strategic approach where things are going to go understanding the industry very well and and you know it helps you understand uh, and identify trends because ultimately we need to now start developing products that we may be launching next year middle of next year towards the end of next year only um, and then that drive is going to come from somewhere although we've got a very dynamic team Sometimes you know you, you need to be pushed, mm, um, yeah. and sometimes I'm the guy that's being pushed, you, you know, which is also great because uh, <laughs> I mean I embrace that, yeah. I love that, yeah, yeah, um, so yeah it's very important to be, be for me to be honest, especially because I love it so much mm. um, so I know you're super
1: um, you're not materialistic at all, mm. <laughs> um, and I've heard that you're driving a
0: seven year old Toyota Corolla, right, is that true? <coughs> I have once Drove a 7 year old Kuro- Toyota Corolla Yeah I must say when, I, when my first car Was a City Golf Which uh, Which at that point Was already 7 years old And I loved it You know So you're not driving A 7 year old Toyota Corolla um, th- No it's not necessary anymore so <laughs> Listen I'll be I promise <laughs>
1: you This podcast won't be About <laughs> materialistic stuff Really
0: I'm just Pulling your leg here mm. uh, What's the most expensive Thing that you've ever bought That I've ever bought It's probably the, My biggest mistake as well it was a Learjet. Uh <laughs> what? A Learjet. A Learjet oh. forty five, yeah. Do you still have it? Yes, unfortunately. Uh, why is it the <laughs> No, it's just it's just stupid to buy something like that. You know it's Are you flying with it? Sometimes, but not not re- it's actually now in the process of being sold. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not Why? Flying with Maintenance it right and Yeah, yeah. It's just it's much cheaper. That that saying of uh rent rather rent it yes. than own it. Yes. It's very true when it comes to yachts and jets. Yes. Are you gonna tell yeah. us how much you paid? No, uh, I'd
1: rather not. Okay. <laughs> I want to tell you two things. I think you're a great salesman and you're an amazing marketing guy, and I think that's contributing hugely to the success of USN. What would you say?
0: Yeah, I must say, um, I like people, and um, and and I and I can sell. Um, and uh, if you understand people, you know how to sell to them. It's uh, and you know how to market to them. So um, you, if you have the ability to put yourself objectively in, in the issues, and understand what creates buying behavior, then you figure out how to communicate sure. and how to sell mm. and how to communicate through marketing. Sure. So I think it's really just understanding people and understanding why we, we react to certain things the way we do. Mm. That helps you uh, sell and market. And I would go a uh, third thing, you're one hell of a hustler and you're working super hard. Well, um, I, I wish I could say, yes, I'm working super hard. I could work, always work, work harder. I don't think I work hard enough. I think I should tam- plan my time better, which I, I've never been good at. I've never been organized, unfortunately. How many I'd hours a day do you more. work? Not enough. I mean, I'm always busy working some, in some form. Okay. I'm always on emails um, from the moment I wake up in the morning till I go to bed at night. Okay. But... Um, but I, I, I could run, I can manage my time better for sure. Don't you think we always feel like that? Like, regardless of how much time we put in, we always feel like we can do better. Well, if I think about the time that I really, really worked every second of every day, um, I could never understand where people, why the game golf exists mm. and why I'm being invited to these things. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just didn't make any sense. So I still don't play golf. But, uh, and it's, uh, it's obviously an amazing game. And the reason why I don't play it is I'm scared I will love it too much. And if I love it, I've got something that I wanna do in it with time that I don't have. Yeah, yeah. So yes, yeah, to your point, um, I think a lot of people think they work harder than what they really do. Sure. And the hardest working people probably think there's always, yeah. More to do more to do um what's what's the end goal so we said
1: to you you're not interested in 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 listing or selling selling the company out if you look into the future what yeah, what are you working towards
0: yeah i, th- I think we've we've probably uh, reached a point now where um a big global partner would be a a, a good partner um if you're listening to this podcast and you want to buy a USN, uh, we're happy to facilitate the, the transaction. Yeah, well, although it won't be the most of it, and I'm a very difficult partner. So, so uh, um, it's, it's, it's really just keep on growing. And sometimes growing doesn't mean um, the double growth. It's just, even if it's just 15, 20% growth, 10% growth in certain areas year on year, it's just to keep on growing. Because as we know, a business can either go forward or it's going to go backwards. There's no business that's going to hover. So for me, it's it's growing and embracing the opportunities that there are and uh, making the most of those. Um, But um, I can't see right now or in the near future that I'd want to sell the business. There's just so much more that I'd still want to do. There's just such a such an amount of incredible resources all over the world, manufacturing facilities that come up with these most amazing concepts that we want to, you know, uh, use in our business. Um,
1: Um, Are you positive about South Africa? And I think it's a legit question for you because you're traveling the world, you're seeing all these other countries. Um, What do you think about South Africa?
0: A lot has changed in South Africa, but the opportunities are just bigger and bigger. Mm. You know, it just fascinates me how people could think that, yeah the South Africa is going belly up, and they're all so miserable and depressed about what's happening this, the opportunities has never been more than what they are in south Africa right now mm. it's an amazing country it, it look at what yes it comes with the risks. understand what those risks are and minimize your risks sure but when it comes to business mm. it's 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 much tougher in other uh, countries sure. believe me yeah. i think I think there's so many people who, who leave the country without really understanding what they embarking on. Mm then they're overseas and they wanna convince everyone else to go there and suddenly they communicate with you a lot more now than what they did when they lived <laughs> yeah. in South Africa because sure. they miss South Africa so much. Yeah, yeah, now there's yeah. massive opportunities in South yeah. Africa. Albi, uh,
1: we've got a WhatsApp group with uh, thousands of business owners and entrepreneurs and um, they're all listening to the podcast. And if you can give to the business owner out there or the entrepreneur who is running a business today, it's tough, the economy is not helping. Is there, is there any piece of advice, one rule that you can give to them um, on why they should
0: carry on or that can take them through the difficult times? Never accept never accept that there's, uh, there's, there's no room for, room for growth. Unless you're in an industry that's a declining industry and you've got 100% of that market then maybe I agree with you. But unless you don't have 100% of uh, market share of your industry, there's always an opportunity to grow. Mm. Never ever accept failure, and never ever accept that, uh, that you had a bad day. Mm. Even if there were challenges in that day, but don't ever go to bed and say, geez, I, this wasn't a great day, mm. because there must have been something good, yeah. good about that day. Yeah. Love it. Albi, thank you so much for your time. Uh,
1: you're a great inspiration to me, to everyone out there. Um, I'm so happy that we got you onto the podcast. My Tinder date was completed. I'm swiping left <laughs> or right, whatever. Um, yeah, I, I think you've done so amazingly well. You're an inspiration to everyone. So thank, thank you, you for much. that. And good luck with the journey. I hope thank you. you get someone from thank America <laughs> uh, listening to our podcast and buying USN. Thanks. And we're getting a 10%. It's an honor.
0: Thank you very much. Thanks, Thanks my <laughs>
1: I really hope you enjoyed this episode and that it's valuable in your own journey. Do connect with us and remember to join our mailing list at sb.africa forward slash podcast. And if you haven't subscribed to this show yet, do it now. And if you haven't rated it yet, what? You haven't rated it? Also do it now. My name is Marnes. See you again next week.
0: Thanks for listening. If you're a business owner with cash sitting in a call, notice, fixed deposit, or money market account, SMS the word cash to 47677 or visit investec.com forward slash Someone from our team will call you back and discuss how we can help you grow and maximize the return on your cash.